Okay, so we'll start with the Nokar Mantra. How, how's, how's your work? Oh, my work right, is fine. Yes. Om Namo Arihantanam Om Namo Sitanam Om Namo Ayadiyanam Om Namo Ujjayanam Namo Lue Savasahunam Eso Panchanamo Karo Savapavapanasano Mangalalancha Savesim Paramamhave Mangalam Paramamhave Mangalam All right, so thank you everybody for attending this class. This will be our last class of the year. So I thank everybody for their attendance. And I hope that the classes have been beneficial to you. I think now would be a good time to recap the classes for the year because that will accomplish three things. First, if you made the class, it'll be a chance to cement what you learned or actually make the changes in your life that we talked about. Second, if you didn't make the class, I hope that this recap of each class will pique your interest to go back and listen to the recording to hear what we're talking about. And third, uh, it'll allow you to ask questions that you only just thought of. I know a lot of times we, have, we only think of questions long after the class is done with. So now would be a good time if you had questions about any of our classes. So the very first class of the year we did, believe it or not, at the start of the year, is a class where I brought in a mirror. And I tried to make you feel the truth, not just know the truth. And what is that truth? That you are a soul living behind your eyes. Uh, next, I wanted to show you that from your perspective, you don't have a head, right? And finally, we tried snapping our fingers in front of our face to prove that our brain provides the illusion of a cohesive reality. And all of these awareness exercises in that very first class of the year, uh, probably September of 2019, all of them were an effort to make you feel that your body and your soul are separate. That is, we can know it intellectually that, oh, you know, the book says our body and our soul are separate. But you'll really change your life if you feel it, if you feel that your body and soul are separate. And so in that class, I wanted to make you feel it more than just in your brain, but perhaps in your body that those two are separate. The next class, we talked about the power of stories. So this is the one where I told you that Dennis Rodman was a superhero and that you too could make millions of dollars by cultivating the superpower of being able, being one of the few people able to deny stories. We talked about how humans dominated the earth by being the only animal that could cooperate flexibly and also in large numbers, and how it is stories that allow us to do that. So it is stories that have allowed humans to dominate the earth. We discussed how we process and retain information via stories, and therefore, one of the most important things is the story that you tell about yourself. That is, if you can change that story, you can transform your life. You can overcome addictions, you can overcome attachment, and indeed you can be the most powerful person in the world 
by believing the story that your soul is telling you. The next class we talked about Nirjara. And uh, for this class we started with our favorite game. That is, I asked you to describe me any scenario in which anger is not directed at the self. That's an open challenge, that's still an open challenge, and I'm happy to take challengers at any time, but hopefully I prove to you that all anger is directed at the self. And in that class, we talked about um, the karma that surrounds our soul. We likened it to a mountain of dirt. And we took a tour of the book to describe how that mountain of dirt was created and what we can do to start chipping away at that mountain to reveal our soul underneath. So those were the first three classes we did. Does anybody remember those classes? Anybody have any questions or comments about those classes? You surely remember, there's no doubt. <laughs> I don't have any comments though. Was the meditation class then? We had one that were the different types of meditations or whatnot. That's right. Yeah, that's two more from now. So that was the fifth class of the year. Okay, so for those of you that just joined, we're doing a little bit of a recap of all the classes. Thank you so much for your attendance this year. And what this will do is it'll allow you to cement all the information we learned. Or perhaps if you missed a particular class, then you can go back and listen to the recording if you know what it's about. What, what about the Kerma class? Was that then too? That was, yes, that was the Mountain of Dirt class. Okay, okay. So we just talked about the first three classes. You'll remember that I brought in some mirrors to help you identify your soul. We talked about the power of stories where you could be a superhero. And we talked about the Mountain of Dirt that surrounds your soul. In the fourth class, we talked about anger, ego, deceit, and greed. And this was the second time we talked about it. Uh, we talked about it before. But before this particular class, I realized that although we had discussed it before, nobody really took anything away from that previous class. And why is that? Because you're good people. And after a general discussion of anger, ego, deceit, and greed, uh, you probably thought that you had it taken care of and that none of it applied to you. Um, so for this class, the takeaway was that good people like you, um, in good people, the forms of anger, ego, deceit, and greed, the forms that they take are extremely subtle because you're good people. Um, so you really have to pay attention to notice that they're there. So next we talked about, I talked about anger, ego, deceit, and greed in my life. And we ended with a little experiment to test your own anger, ego, deceit, and greed. If you guys will remember, uh, we passed around a hat and everybody took all the money they had out of their wallet and put it into that hat and then we lit that hat on fire. The next class was actual, we actually did meditation. We performed different types of meditation together instead of just talking about meditation, we did it together. We did breathing exercises. I told you that mantras really do work and I explained how mantras work and why they work. We did an object meditation and to top it off, we even did a meditation that a lot of people like called eating meditation, where a lot of people were surprised that something as mundane as eating could still teach you new things. 
Next, we talked about Ahimsa. So in the class on Ahimsa, we learned why Ahimsa is the first precept among many of Jainism and why thinking about Ahimsa makes you think about the entirety of Jainism all at once because it's all-encompassing. So those were our next three classes. Anger, eaten, anger, ego, deceit, and greed, again. Actual meditation and Ahimsa. So does anybody remember those classes or have any questions or comments about those three that we did? Okay, so after our Ahimsa class, we talk, the next class was talking about who you are. We talked about why you should let go of all of your memories, even the good ones. We talked about what you consider your identity to be. It's not your job. It's not your family. It's not your hobbies. It's not, any, it's not even your body. We talked about how you can change your life if you answer the question of who you are correctly and truthfully. And we played a little game to prove to ourselves that strengths and weaknesses are the same thing. This is another open challenge that we have in addition to our anger open challenge. That is, if you give me a strength or weakness, I will show you how it is exactly the other. So still taking challenges on that. I haven't lost an anger challenge yet, and I haven't lost a strength and weakness challenge yet. So if anyone decides to take me up on it, feel free. The next class we talked about Anikantvad. Hey Timir. Yes. Um, can I interrupt you on one? Yeah, of course. Oh, on that angle one, we talked, as you said, um, it's all about us setting our expectations and uh, how uh, the other person is not meeting our expectation causes anger. So let's talk about uh, with this uh, stay at home, kids learning. Right. Um, them not being too interested in. Uh, you know, uh, doing the work. I'm talking about the younger. My, I have a six-year-old. Right. And uh, they don't have like a daily session with the teacher. Um, maybe once a week right now. Right. So I give him the stuff to do based on whatever he's supposed to be doing. But um, if he's in school, then he aligns with all the other school students. If he's at home, he's like, well, it's parents and brothers and sisters who are telling me what to do, and I don't have to do what they say. Right. So what do you? What am I supposed to do in, in that case? So it's, I'm glad you brought it up and I'm glad you brought up a specific example having to do with the kids because my kids are the main source of anger in my life. And it sounds bad, but I don't have a lot of anger in my life. So even though it's a small source, it's the main source. So it's not that bad. Um, so yeah, of course, we get angry that our children don't do their work when they'll do their work at school no problem if the teacher asks them to do something it'll do be no problem they won't whine and put up a fit you know my kids will eat um darbath rotli sag at my parents house no problem no complaints absolutely no you know no issue at my house it's crazy i have to like feed a six-year-old who can feed herself and things like that and i get angry because they treat us differently um so we learned that all anger was the due to the mismatch between expectation and reality. And that's why all anger is directed at the self. And so we have an expectation that our children will behave the same as they do with other people as they do with us. But how true is that expectation? How, how valid is it that we have that expectation? 
Not really at all. Don't we treat different people differently, although we're not supposed to? Don't we treat our boss different from our wife, different from our children, although we're not supposed to? So these people are, um, so children, of course, learn this early on. And I'll tell you a story about uh, getting a, a child to drive. So when, you, when you're learning how to drive, let's say there's a 15-year-old and you're in the passenger seat and the child's in the driver's seat. And let's say he's taking a driver's ed class, right? Well, when if the driver's ed teacher is in the passenger seat and the driver's ed teacher says, brake, that only means one thing. That only means brake, okay? That only means stop. But let's say you're sitting, you're the father, and you're sitting in the passenger seat, and you say, stop. Well, then your kid starts thinking about, well, how about all those times that my dad told me to stop and he wasn't right? Or how about all the times that my dad told me to stop and I kept on going and nothing happened? Or how about all those times where he said stop and I got in trouble because I didn't stop and I wasn't supposed to get in trouble like that? Because of, there's a large history there between a child and his dad. So stop doesn't always mean stop. But when the professor's there, when the driving instructor is there, there's no relationship there. So the only thing stop could mean is stop. So it's no wonder that children treat us differently than they treat you know, their grandparents, than they treat teachers, than they treat um, other people. Because they have a different relationship with us. So it's, we shouldn't have the expectation that they'll do everything at school at home. And we shouldn't have the expectation that... Well, whatever they eat at the grandparents' house, they'll eat at my house. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's, uh, that, that makes very much logical sense. By not expecting that, then how, by him not doing the exercise the teacher is asking, that will put me at level as a parent not doing a good job. Why do you think you're not doing a good job if a kid is not learning his schoolwork in the middle of a pandemic? I can just imagine teachers sending a get parents to you know work with the kids. Please make your parents are working with the kids to get the work done, right? Are you a teacher? Don't teachers go through rigorous training to learn about how kids process information and about how kids learn? Uh You're not a teacher, are you? So why should you feel guilty if your child doesn't do his homework during a pandemic? Okay, so I should just if teacher sends a note, seller, uh, I'm not qualified teacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're talking about you. We're talking about your anger, right? So you shouldn't get angry um, that you can't meet the standards that the teacher meets because you're not a teacher. Does anybody else have any help for Ashish or any? No, what I was going to say is that I think it seems like we also have the expectations towards ourselves, uh, not just with the kids. So both both applies. Uh, the same logic applies at both ways. Uh, when when we expect ourselves to perform certain ways and we don't, uh, that time also.
Anybody else have any comments about how to control our expectations, which of course controls our anger um, with regards to our kids? And this is a big one. Uh, Timur, I have, have a, a comment. So I think the skills uh, aspect that, that you mentioned, and I think it's, it's very much applicable to all of us, but the other thing is place. Uh, kids, you know, we, we, we as adults are also struggling or have struggled initially to change our mindset that, oh, it's, it's uh, uh, a workplace at home. Uh, kids, especially a six-year-old, which, you know, I, I have as well, for them, it's, it takes a while. I mean, it's not <laughs> like a flip of a switch. They understand that, oh, yeah, it's house, but we have to learn at home. And uh, very seldom they will show up and say, okay, you know, I want to play now. And, it, uh, you know, our expectation is they'll study, they have their, their, their own things to do, and, and they'll do it. But I think really quickly, we, uh, I've convinced myself an eight-year-old and a six-year-old need a full-time attention. They can't be given a computer and say, you go to online learning. Right. Uh, if, if, if I have that expectation, I, I think that's a false expectation, as, as we discussed. But I think that's why importance of a, of a place, like why do we go right now, we're doing this at our home. We're, we're still, I, I believe if you were at Dirasa, doing it in Dirasa would be a different mindset. It would be a different vibe. It would be a different uh, atmosphere environment, uh, if you will. And I think um, what we have to realize uh, as we struggle with the change in the environment in this uh, infrastructure, I think kids do as well. Uh, also, one of the things is automatically, uh, on the same note, I mean, if you go to data, sir, they know, we know not, not to talk loudly uh, and be, be uh, cautious because it's data, sir. Uh, if you're at home, uh, we can we can kind of act like it is. In the school, they know. They have a mental pressure of teachers and principals, and uh, they, we don't have that at home. Or we, we can't create because, I mean, then we have to kind of split our time and say, okay, we have principals and teachers doing this time and then we compare it afterwards. Or, uh, so I think that, that that has, a to me, that has some effect as well, that uh, especially uh, younger kids uh, won't be able to differentiate uh, at, at this time. Sure, absolutely. Great comment about how the geography of a place influences our behavior. So our next class, we talked about Anikanthvat. And here we discussed how if the various, you know, five vows and codes of, codes of conduct are the collegiate level of learning Jainism, then Anikanthvat is the graduate level. That is, you have to put everything together to understand how Anikanthvat makes any sense at all. That is, on his face, it doesn't make any sense. There are multiple viewpoints, yes. But there is such a thing as correct knowledge. There is such a thing as truth. And how what appear to be lies on his face can actually be telling the truth. How is all that possible in the theory of Anikanthvad? Well, you have to understand a lot of pieces of Jainism to understand how Anikanthvad makes any sense at all. After that, we talked about temptation. So in this class, we talked about why it's a big deal, this was prior to the holidays, so why it's a big deal if we give in to small temptations like sweets at the office or eating during holiday time. Next, we discussed how really dumb our brain is and um, how easy it is and how easy ways to fool our brains 
into doing things beneficial to our long-term interests rather than our short-term interests. That is, how to hack into our brains for our own best interests. Then we learned how to resist temptation by using the four R's when facing different uh, tempting scenarios. That is, relabeling, reframing, refocusing, and revaluing. If we use those four R's, we'll be able to beat temptation of anything. Okay, so questions about those three classes. We talked about who you are, Anikanthvad, and temptation. Any questions about or comments about those classes? Hey, uh, Tim, I had a quick question on the temptation part. Is that the same as uh, Aparigraha and that concept? Or, was it, or is, it a, is it the same? So it's more of an element of aparigraha, attachment. Certainly we are tempted by the things we're attached to. Certainly we are attached to certain foods. We like certain foods. We don't like certain foods. And so the more we are attached to things, the more they become temptations for us. Certainly those are related, yes. Okay, so, uh, but we didn't discuss aparigraha as a separate concept. It was just part of, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Aparigra is a different concept, but it was a part, this temptation was just part of an example discussion. Uh, the temptation was a totally different class. It was the class after Anikantvad, and um, we didn't discuss Aparigraha separately, I don't believe. That's a great topic to discuss separately. That could be its own class. That could be many classes because it goes much more than temptation. It, it goes into uh, quite a few things. Okay, I, guess, I, I think I missed that one. That's what I was asking. Okay, thanks. Okay, no problem. Of course, you can always go back and look at the recordings for the classes that you missed, and I hope that you do. So the next class, we talked about the five stages of five stages of anger. Uh, we talked, you know, anger, it seems to come on so quickly, but it actually occurs in five stages. That means we have five chances to arrest and dissipate anger before we make a mistake. And if we can identify those five points, we have five weapons in our battle against anger. After that, we talked about we actually did prayers. That is, instead of talking about prayers, we prayed together. We uh, recited many different types of prayers. We talked about the symbolism of each prayer and how each prayer is used for a different thing. And we talked about what we should be thinking while we pray. We talked about how there is a prayer for everyone. And I asked you to pick a prayer that you like and make it part of your morning routine, which is in the morning and out loud. So hopefully you did that. In the next three classes, we talked about the Tattvartha Sutra. And even though that lasted for three classes, that was only an introduction to the Tattvartha Sutra. And it was meant to familiarize you with it so you, would feel, you wouldn't feel intimidated and you'd feel good about cracking that book open on your own. Um, it's great to go through when you want to go through the entirety of Jainism because all the concepts are in there. And it's one of the closest connections to Mahavir that we have. Presumably, 
um, Acharya Uma Swami, he was handed down Mahavir Swami's teaching in the oral tradition, and he decided to write it down, and then somebody decided to translate it into English. I forget the translator right now, but obviously that person was very important. So questions or comments about our classes on anger, prayer, or the Tattvartha Sutra set of classes? Uh, Timir, I have a comment on on the prayer one. Yes. I think that was uh, that has been a very effective uh, for me. I have to admit, I'm not doing it every day. Uh, but the the one uh, the uh, what has helped me is sort of anger management. Uh, there is one kamemi sabajive That's the one. I think any time I feel. Uh, adversity against somebody, or I, I feel not very pleasant about somebody at work, or uh, I've used that, and it's pretty pretty powerful uh, for me. So I I think if, if you can take one of those prayers, uh, it can be effective. Uh, is my experience. That's great. I'm so happy to hear that. Okay, so our last two classes, we talked about the pandemic, and we learned how Jainism can help you and your family through a pandemic, and more specifically, the things you need to tell them about how to think about the significance of their life and how it changes. And our last class, we talked about rituals. We talked about how rituals could supercharge your samvar by as much as 10 times, and that you absolutely need to be performing them if you are not able to meditate for one hour continuously. We talked about how rituals are the physical manifestation of prayer, and in fact quite easier than verbal prayer or meditations, because there's so many chances to bring your thoughts back to what they should be focused on, because each time you perform a different action, that's another chance to refocus your thoughts. We talked about the symbolism of water, flame, flour, sweets, sandalwood paste, rice, and all the other accoutrements that we use with Jain rituals. So questions or comments about Jain principles and transitoriness during a pandemic or Jain rituals? Those are our last two classes. I have a question for you, Tim. Yeah. So... I, I wasn't there in the last class, but let's say, you know, puja is one of the Jain rituals. Right. You know. uh, how does that work in something like this pandemic where you may not be able to do puja during uh, the pandemic or allow even others to do puja? So you certainly can. You cer certainly can do it at your house. You don't need a $10,000 murti to do a puja. Um, you don't even need an idol at all. Um you don't have to have these certain things that we talked about, like water or flowers or sweets or anything like that. Um, in fact, many people prefer to do it at their house. Uh, they prefer to do it there because they can take their time. We talked about how, well, if I'm supposed to be thinking about all these things during a puja and there's five people behind me at the temple, like I can't 
do that properly so I prefer to do it at home so actually quite a few people prefer to do it at home and I don't think it's any hindrance at all that you're at home and not at the temple doing doing puja do you know if you can do puja with a glove I don't see why not I think that you can Okay, so questions or comments about anything we discussed this year? Okay, terrific. And so what are your questions or comments about how the class is going, what we can do better or what we can do worse during the class? And I take the feedback into consideration. That's why we started recording the classes was because uh, people suggested that we should record the classes for people that miss. So I had to go figure out how to do this recording stuff. And it's great. People love it. So anything I can do to make the class better? Any subjects? Well, first, of three things I'd like to know. Things I can do to make the class better. Subjects you, number two, subjects you want to cover. Um, and number three, uh, what's, going, what's going right and what's going wrong. All right, I'll, uh, this, I should, I'll take a stab. Um, in terms of what's going right, um, so I think it's good you're able to go through the books. Um, I think you've mentioned this several times. We use one hour to uh, you know, practice or learn more about it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I don't spend more than probably without one hour um, on Sundays right. looking back at the book or even thinking about what we learned. So um, this is my, I'm not sure, my second, third year, but seems some seems to me every time we go over the content it's like a refresher or a uh, I'm, i am learning again uh -huh. so it is valuable and i appreciate um you uh, taking the time to continue to do this and uh, so it continues to give me a reinforcement oh great happy to hear that and it's so hard right it's so hard to crack open the book when it's not like i don't give you any homework right i just give you homework to think about what we learned and it, it if we start getting our head in the right place, we'll want to crack open the books. And my hope is not to, you know, um, fill you with information like I was pouring water into a container. My hope is to light a spark in you that you open the book by yourself because then my job will be done, you know. Um, if I can light a spark in you and get you interested, and it's so hard. We have so many other distractions um, to learn. It's so hard to crack open the book when it's not time, when it's not Sunday. And so I definitely uh, understand how, how that can be. Any other thoughts about what's going right, what's going wrong, uh, topics you want to cover, or what can we do to make this class better? So, Tamir, uh, I echo Ashish, and, and thank you for taking this uh, uh, effort and and time for prepare for to prepare for this classes. I mean, I, uh, I I think it takes it's not just you know you you have to prepare in background to come up and and the discussion points and things like that. So I, I think that's highly appreciated. So, some in terms of what to improve, I don't have anything. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you what have gone well. 
uh, is uh, one, I think the topics are very relevant. Uh, they're applicable to what we do and how we uh, can use those in, in our real practical life. Mm-hmm. There are a lot more technical or more gen value related topics, but I think uh, this kind of helps us blend well of what we can do and how quickly we can practice. And in terms of Spark, I mean, I, I think you, you have done a really good job sparking uh, our thoughts and, and thinking. Uh, it's different that uh, we, we, we as individuals have not been able to open the book as much as we should. But I think it's just when keeping this in the back of our mind or in our thoughts every time, it, it's going to guide us one day. Um, you know, like in India, they say, you say, you know, you're going to go in, the, in that direction. So I, I, I strongly believe that. And even by doing this every Sunday, it just keeps us uh, constant in this mode. So I, I really thank you for, for that. And uh, just even if we can continue like this, I think we'll, we'll definitely learn more uh, as, as we uh, attend the classes. Okay, great. Thank you so much for those nice comments. That's good to know about what you're thinking so I know about what to keep on doing. Um, certainly over the summer, while there's no classes, we can continue to chat on our WhatsApp group. And I'd like to do that. If you have any questions or comments, bring them up. And it's about uh, helping each other too. So we can talk about more than Jainism. If somebody needs help and we need, that, we need dad's class to mobilize to help somebody, I want it to be for that. If somebody is looking for a job, I want our, I want our group to help with that. It's certainly more about more about helping each other through any ways more than just Jainism and that's why the class is called Dad's Class in Networking. So don't be afraid to you know hit up the WhatsApp group during the summer if you have a question about Jainism, if you feel like you're getting angry at your kids too much which happens to me and you need somebody to talk you down then hit us up you know if one of your friends needs help because he lost his job you know let us know I want this class to be for that I want this class to help all the members in any way we can other questions or comments Um, I would make like to make a comment as well. Uh, definitely appreciated all the exercises, the practical aspects, like you know, bringing a mirror and some other uh, experiments that you talked about. We did as a group in the class. Uh, uh-huh. It seems uh, that worked out really well. And then also appreciate all the guest lecturers as well for uh, those topics. That that was a nice discussion too. Sure, I think that that's very important. Um, thank you to our guest lecturers, especially Parish and Mihir, for coming in and telling us about what they know. This class is always open to guest lecturers in, any, in case any of you want to come in. And it doesn't have to be about something you already know. It can be about something you want to know. And so that forces you to do research for the class, for you to present the class. I certainly think it's, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just the leader of a discussion and that this class is all about you. So it's uh, anybody that wants to, the door is always open for you to come in and um, tell us about what you know. And I think it's great to have multiple voices because a lot of people have a lot different perspective than I do. I know Chintan is one of those persons. Chintan is a very pious person, much more pious than I am, and he has a different perspective on it. He's brought a lot of perspective to my life about Jainism as well. 
So I think it's important, just like it's important for kids to hear, you know, multiple voices telling them um, different things. It's important to us for us to have multiple voices and multiple ways we apply Jainism, the different ways we apply Jainism to our own lives. Tim, you might have incorrectly said Chintan instead of me here being pious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but you know what? Um, you know what struck me, Chintan, is that what really opened my eyes when we were talking about fake meat, right? You said, yeah, I know that um, it's fake and it's not meat and I know it's, you know, it's, it's okay to eat, but I just don't want to, you know, because it appears that I'm eating meat and that might make it okay to, for my family to think that it's eating meat. So that really opened up my eyes that, oh, there was a perspective that was you know, not in support of that, and a very valid perspective that I had uh, not considered yet. Other hey, questions uh, are... Yes. Sorry, Tim. Uh, speaking of perspectives, uh, I, I do want to mention, uh, you know, something that uh, you and Harvin actually, uh, in one of the classes, uh, really helped me the idea that you know you are not your thoughts right and uh, you know I had struggled to to uh, understand uh, you know that, that concept and you know until you and Marvin mentioned it and then you and I discussed it and it uh, really has uh, kind of helped me cope uh, uh, up with with the uh, with the you know obvious uh, contradiction uh, about the thought and how you think about yourself, and, uh, so I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate that. So I, I you know uh, a, a, a little more broader you know I was kind of this my I mean this was my first year with the, with the class. I was hesitant. I was like you know I don't want to indulge in all these uh, philosophical discussions and you know, I, that's why I'm not participated earlier, but Bhavan said, you know, just come to worry, just, you know, come and, uh, you know, discuss whatever and uh, it's, it's, it's uh, totally up uh, to how much you want to engage and so I did and I'm really glad I did. I'm really glad I did. You guys do a, a tremendous job. That's great. Thank you so much for the nice words. And it makes it worth it when people have these epiphanies. So anybody else, did anybody have an epiphany during a class? Did, any, did anything stick with you that you'll remember for the rest of your life because we talked about it or you read it in the book or you just weren't aware that something like that existed? Anybody have any epiphanies during the class? I had quite a few. I share them with you all the time. So you're probably tired of hearing my epiphanies, but uh, let's hear yours. All right, I will go. I guess nobody's speaking. This is Hiren. Uh, to me, one thing which stuck in my mind and remain in my mind forever is like, my thoughts should not be controlling me. I should be controlling my thoughts. Right. And that's very practical in everything I do. And that has helped me a lot to focus myself and be more conscious about everything in day-to-day -day activities, not just 
in Jainism point of view, but in my work, my social life, with my family. Mm -hmm. That's so, great. And thanks. so, oh, no problem. Thanks. It's not just me. It's to everybody. It's that we will... Um, once we start controlling our thoughts, we can start controlling our speech and controlling our actions. And then we'll re you, you can start really transforming your life. So I'm so glad you had that epiphany. And I'm so glad that um, you've, you found it with the group and that it's helping you in your life. And, and that's the purpose of this whole thing, right? Is to alleviate all of our suffering. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for a great year. I really appreciate everybody's attendance and everybody's input. Um, if you subscribe to the, um, we have a podcast at uh, jainismforeveryone.com where these go up and we have a YouTube channel. Uh, while I'm not working on dad's class during the summer, I'm working on the other side, which are songs and stories and readings. So I hope to update, uh, be updating that. Um, you can go to the website jainismforeveryone.com and you'll find a, a little link at the bottom to subscribe to podcasts and uh, our YouTube channel. Thank you everybody this year for a wonderful year. It really opened my eyes and I hope to um, have a great start next year. Hey, Tamir? Yes. Quick, uh, I, d I didn't realize, is this the last class for this uh year i would say or a year before we start back in august that's right this is the very last class so i thought it would be a useful recap um a useful idea to recap each one of the classes and what we learned before we break for the summer me here you you, you graduated <laughs> i i have a i have a good feeling now that you said that but I, as as Simon was saying i'm like I, I can't imagine next sunday not having this class so uh <laughs> Let's. Uh, what I propose is, and I can completely understand uh, that if you want to take a break uh, from you know all the uh, prep and things that Timmy does and and prepares for the class. But does anybody else have same feeling that we should continue with something else or whatever it is? I don't know what it is, but something positive, something constructive uh, on on Sundays at this time, unless at least until. I guess mid-May, uh, which is, let's say, maybe three or four Sundays, we still have, uh, we're going to be in this lockdown. So anyways, I just my impromptu proposal, I haven't thought about it, but uh, if we can continue, I, I think uh, uh, we can chat on the WhatsApp and, and see how everybody feels and kind of go from there. But I, I would certainly would like to dedicate this time and, uh, uh, to a positive thinking, which I think this group provides. Sure, very much. I'm open to that. I'm open to using these resources and, and or hosting. Uh, if you have a specific thing you want to do, if you want to do like a book club where we read a certain passage and we talk about it on Sunday, or if you want to do something like that, I'm happy to, uh, to help with that. Although uh, anybody that suggests something that they want to do, it's all, I'm going to ask you to do it. So, so be, ready, be ready to do it if you suggest it. Sure. So what I would say is, you know, write, write your ideas on the group and, you know, it's absolutely fine if, if the commitments and I, I know as, you know, our commitment have grown, even during this time frame, making sure everybody is, is attached and uh, even though I'm five minutes late, I, I still I look forward to it. So no, no pressure. Just if you feel something, uh, write on the group and then we'll see if we can uh, put something together and uh, continue our, our positive learning during this time. 
Sure. Does anybody have any ideas about what they would like to see uh, for the next month if we want to if we want to still get together? Okay, no problem. We'll brainstorm it and we'll um, we'll chat about it and we'll see if we can make it happen. Any final thoughts from anybody about anything? Final comments and questions. Seems like Texas is opening up next week, week after. That's right. Safe. Yeah, we're going to be uh, yes. we're slowly starting to open businesses and going back to work. Right. So we still need to use all precautions what we've been doing so far. And uh, if anything else, you need to do more. I'm doing it. How do I isolate yourself? Take showers, put your clothes uh, in, the, in the washing. Do all those precautions, wipe yourself up every day, morning, afternoon, before you go and after you come back from offices, so continue those precautions. It's very, very helpful. Um, I faced some three people among ourselves who, who had unfortunately contracted these things. Um, fortunately, it is not as bad as we all think, depending on the stage the person is. Uh, so that gives me very warm fuzzy about uh, what what the governor and everybody's taking step uh, moving forward. Economy has to come back. Economy has to open uh, back up. But that doesn't mean we 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 don't take any precautions. So please be safe, everyone. This is something very very unusual, and uh, we will see the difference in coming up. And second wave is going to come. Hopefully not as bad, but. Once everything opens up, so just be safe, everyone. Certainly, and uh, let us know if you need help. That's why we're here. That's what your community is for. That's what your dad's class is for: is to help you when you're in trouble. Thank you so much, everybody. I'll see you on WhatsApp, and if not, then I'll see you in the fall. Thanks, everybody, for your participation. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.